What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and I'm joined here today with the social content creator of Officialize, Vince Samperio. Yo, man, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Of course. So today I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit about um, you know, how you got involved in sports and uh, your work with Officialize. So why don't we start from the beginning? You want to give me uh, a couple, like, first sports memories that really helped you fall in love with uh sports yeah so uh baseball is my number one sport and that was my first love uh my parents luckily you know took me to dodger games when i was little so i my first memory uh is actually so we went to a dodger game and you know the peanut vendors yelling out peanuts peanuts so I'm from in LA. We, you know, we had people that go around selling tamales. So what I did when I was a kid was we, he yelled peanuts and I was yelling tamales, <laughs> and apparently, you know, I had the whole section cracking up. So uh, not actually do a baseball, but it was at a baseball game. Uh, and then you know, just just growing up around baseball, playing uh, around when I started at four, you know, and then I started playing other sports. I grew up playing basketball football baseball whatever i could get my hands into uh and that obviously became a passion uh beyond the field so uh that you know that was how i got to where i'm at now so then you mentioned you also played other sports did you play any in high school and college yeah so in high school i played football only only because uh i hurt my elbow my freshman year of uh high school and I, I didn't really figure out what was wrong with it I, there was no like church or anything and then I just kind of started playing football and got more into that and then kind of left baseball on the back burner uh, but to supplement that I would coach literally baseball so I still got my baseball fix uh, mm-hmm. in that sense and then once I once I decided to go to school I could have kept playing football probably you know, JC and go somewhere but uh, I decided I want to get right into to my career and kind of start figuring out what I want to do with my life. So I went to Long Beach State and, you know, just I played some intramural sports there, but nothing too crazy. So what was your initial uh, career goals going to Long Beach State? Like, did you know exactly where you wanted to go or did you kind of experiment in a few areas? Yeah, I, had, I went in as a graphic design major, uh, but that was more because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I had a couple of graphic design classes in high school, and I liked it. And uh, you know, Long Beach State had a really good graphic design program, so it all kind of worked out because mm-hmm. I knew I was going to stay local for school. And then what I didn't realize is that graphic design—you start off with a bunch of art classes, and I can't draw or any of that. <laughs> I can do Photoshop and you know, create on on the computer, but I can't draw anything. So had almost two years of just art classes where I was the worst artist in the class. And it was, you know, it wasn't fun. Uh, it taught me a lot about myself. Uh, and I've then like, by the time I got to, you know, actually using the computer for art, I just kind of was over it and I had to decide, you know, what do I want to do? So I figured, well, sports is a big part of my life and, why not do something with that? So I switched over to journalism, specifically sports journalism. Uh, and as soon as I did that, everything kind of fell into place. And it was like, yeah, this was the right move. And 
you know, I haven't had any complaints since then. So before you, uh, did you did you start working at Officialized right out of college, or did you make a couple stops along the way before ending up there? Oh, no, I've had a couple stops. So in college, uh, I got a internship with Dodgers Nation, which is a, a Dodgers box site, uh, and Lakers Nation. Okay. And then they also had a Raiders website at the time. So for me, it was my three favorite teams. So it was kind of like the perfect internship. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, I, I moved along pretty quick. I, be, you know, my internship ended. They offered me a a writing position, so I stayed on as a writer for a few months while still going to school. Uh, and then, in you know, a couple months after that, I was offered basically to run the site daily. It was a uh, you know, social media and the editor. Uh, along with another guy, so we split duties. And I did that for two seasons with the Dodgers. Uh, the second season, we actually you know, got to go to games and cover, be in the press box, get media credentials, all yeah, that good so stuff. Cool. Yeah, so that that was fun. And then from there, uh, someone that I had interned with at Lakers Nation had hit me up that Bleacher Report was hiring uh, in the Bay Area. So I applied for a social media job out there, and I and I got it. So I was with Bleacher Report for two and a half years out in San Francisco. Uh, you know, that was pretty much a, a dream job for, mm-hmm. you know, getting paid to watch sports and, and basically just tweet and post on Instagram and the highlights and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that was fun. And, you know, got your creative juices flowing. And But my goal is always to get back to L.A. eventually. And officialize it in San Diego, but... You know, I, I, some, I got reached out to, and they really, you know, wanted to bring me along. They were a startup company working with athletes, uh, you know, telling their stories and, and, you know, letting them have their platform to say what they want to say. And it was, you know, a good career opportunity for me. It got me closer to L.A., uh, you know, but challenged me. I knew I wanted to be challenged a little bit, and that's how I got to officialize. And I've been here since August, and, you know, it's it's been a lot. It has been challenging. It has not been easy. Uh, we're still not where I want to be, but we're definitely moving toward it, and you know we're getting on the right path. So you mentioned that uh, Officialize, uh, the kind of their mission is to uh, be a platform for athletes to tell their story. So you have um, athletes under like that work with you, right? So what are who are a few of those athletes that you have on your team? Yeah, so we have we we are a multifunctional company, so. You know, we, I run the social media and brand and content that we get to, you know, help them put out that, that story, their stories. Uh, we also have another side of it, which is helping them with their website and their, their apparel, their gear, uh, you know, their logo, their branding, their social media. So, you know, we kind of take on and help them out and whatever they want to promote, whatever they want to do. So some of the guys we have, you know, we have Malik Cooker, we have Akeem Tlaib, we have, Gronk, uh, along with his brothers, kind of as a whole, it's called Gronk Nation. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, we have in baseball, we only have a couple guys. We have Felix Hernandez, Archie Bradley. Uh, you know, the, we got WNBA, we have Angel McCautry. We're starting to get some NBA guys uh, coming through. Uh, yeah, um, we have a lot of NFL guys, a lot of uh, Latavius Murray, you know, uh, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson. So there's a lot of guys. With varying degrees of connected to official lines, it just depends, you know, how much they're doing with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got a lot of guys in the league, and, and you know, keep adding pretty much every week. So then, uh, 
what is what is it a typical day at officialize working for officialize look for you what what are you doing uh with that yes so you know on the day-to-day if you know if we have something planned so we have, right now we're we have a few podcasts that we're running every week uh with angel mccotry and uh this nba trainer in miami stanley remy and during nfl season we had Kirk cousins so you know it's getting making sure those podcasts are up and running and helping out uh our, our other content guy you know making those and creating the teasers it's a lot of planning you know what days are coming up what events are coming up you know the, the final four is coming up so we'll we'll send a poll out to our our athletes and say hey who do you think is going to win i'll make a graphic out of that uh it's a lot of you know looking on twitter looking on instagram and seeing who's posting what uh if it's our guys posting it you know we want to promote them if it's other people doing stuff or saying stuff uh we'll, we'll promote that as well uh so you know and then helping out with the marketing for the other guys and just kind of, you know, what do we want to do? What's in the pipeline? And so draft is coming up. So we're trying to get our guys, you know, kind of tell their draft stories and everyone has a different draft story. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to highlight that. Uh, So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of multitasking and a lot of projects at one time uh, and just kind of pulling them all together and on the day to day, you know, just making sure we have enough stuff to post in a day and making sure we're staying on top of what's going on in the sports world, but bringing it from a different perspective, you know, because everyone can post the highlight, but we want to, you know, post the highlight with a reaction from a, from a player and, and, you know, or with multiple reactions from the players. So, you know, we want to not just be another like highlight place. We want to showcase what the players are saying. And, and, you know, So a lot of it's just kind of looking around and seeing what's going on and, and, and harping on you know what the athletes are saying about certain things mm-hmm. that's really cool i can't have an episode without talking a little bit about sports news with you okay so uh so far you mentioned you're a dodgers fan how are you feeling so far about uh the Dodgers season i i've noticed that you've been to a couple of games if not all of them but uh how do you think they're looking uh you know five or six games into the season so far yeah, I got lucky. I got to go to three in a row. I was in town and, you know, extended my trip an extra day and was able to go to three. I, you know, at this point with the Dodgers, it's been six years that they've won it. Uh, the regular season still gets me excited. But, you know, the long-term goal is obviously World Series and, and winning it finally. But you got to get there first. So, you know, in the short term, they look, they look good. I like I like the offense. Uh, it's a little bit more dynamic than last year, a little more. There's a lot more length to it and, you know, different types of at-bats. We've seen a lot of, you know, grinding at-bats, and Cody Bellinger's been on fire, and mm-hmm. AJ Pollock came over from the D-backs, and he's been good. The starting pitching has been pretty phenomenal. Uh, the bullpen is, is kind of been the issue so far, and, you know, the team's not at full strength, so I've, I'll give it a little bit of time to see if they get back to full strength. Some people move around, and, and the bullpen can get it figured out, but I like where they're at right now, and, you know, it's exciting to have baseball back because I get something to do pretty much every day now. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And I think you will agree with me on this, uh, but there's so much more um, to – to a baseball game going to a baseball game than just the game itself but the atmosphere and obviously the food so i want you to give me your go-to lineup of food at at a game at a stadium it's like what what's your what's your your main thing maybe specifically in la going to a dodgers game or 
going to a different stadium? Yeah, so if I'm going to a different stadium, I usually do a little research beforehand, kind of see what what they're known for, oh, okay. what's, what's big. Uh, so obviously at a Dodger game, a Dodger dog is, you know, everyone knows the, a Dodger dog. And, you know, Dodger dogs are cool. And I think I've gone to the stadium so much that I don't really even eat there anymore. But when I do go to other stadiums, I definitely look out uh, for what they have. So I'm planning to go to Chicago next month to the Cubs and Milwaukee. So I'll be doing research for that. Uh, but, you know, go to is always I'll always have some flower seeds. Okay. Uh, I'll always have some fire seeds and then I'll always have some kind of hot dog or sandwich or burger, whatever the specialty is there. Mm. And then I'll usually finish it off with uh, most of the places have some kind of ice cream with the collectible helmets. So if they have the collectible helmets, I'll try to find that. If not, I'll just try to find some kind of dessert. Uh, you know, Arizona has a, a churro sundae. Mm-hmm. Sounds pretty crazy. So, you know, I gotta, you gotta hit all three points. You gotta get, you know, the sour, the sweet, and then, uh, yeah, and pretty much it's everywhere is different, but, you know, you do some research, you can find out, ask around. Yeah, and you can honestly tell who's been to a lot of baseball games, depending on their answer, and uh, I think you, you passed. You sound like you, you've you been to quite a few baseball games in a lot of different areas, and you know exactly what you're looking for. So, oh, yeah, I'm a, big, I'm a big foodie guy, so anywhere I go, I'm doing my research ahead of time and, you know, making sure I maximize my efforts wherever I'm going. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. If you ever come up to Seattle to the Mariners game, two things: you have to get the garlic fries and the the fried grasshoppers. Yeah, so I would. I've, I went to Seattle a long time ago before the grasshoppers, but mm-hmm. that's definitely on my list when I go out there because I'm, you know, it's one of those things where not you're not going to get grasshoppers out of baseball stadium anywhere else. So you got to have them there. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of them because it's like a Cajun seasoning that they had on them. But like, just to say that I ate them was was worth it. Like I, I had to, you know. Yeah. Okay, so going along with different ballparks, I guess. Um, I want you to give me your top five list of stadiums that you've been to, or maybe not been to, but just top five stadiums, MLB stadiums in the United States, and give me a reason why they're on that list. All right. Well, I'm obviously gonna pick Dodger Stadium. Uh, bias, but not really bias. Dodger Stadium just has the, the the classic backdrop with the the palm trees, and you know, I think I think the biggest deal for me for Dodger Stadium, and, and it's kind of getting away from that, but not too much. That you're there for baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of you know bells and whistles. You know, you sit down and watch the game. They do have a bar area now, but uh, you know that's more for the people that aren't there for baseball, anyways. <laughs> Uh, so it's just a classic. I'm going to go sit down and watch a baseball game. And being from California, I mean, you have you have two, you know, you have three that are, you know, all beautiful ballparks. You got Peco Park, which is where I'm at now. But, you know, it's just a, it's another classic look. They have, it's a fun scene in the downtown area around the stadium. And, you know, there's just a lot, a lot going on there, which is, you know, takes away from baseball sometimes, but uh, if I'm there, it's usually, you know, I'm more with friends or on a vacation, so it's a little different vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in, oh, it's Oracle Park now in San Francisco. Yeah, when you're weird. just looking out. Yeah, you're looking out at the bay. It's it's always windy, so that's the only thing about it, but it's always nice out there, uh, and it's hard to beat an ocean, ocean-side view. Uh, same thing, not ocean, but same thing looking out at water. I've been to PNC Park, and that one, 
you know, mm-hmm. was was really nice. It was the whole the whole city is pretty nice in, in Pittsburgh with all the bridges everywhere, you know, the rivers and everything else. Uh, it's just got a nice backdrop. It's dope to walk across that bridge uh, to get to the stadium with all the other fans and. You know, so that's definitely on my list. Uh, I'll stick with ones I've been to because only you know I can't I can't vouch for anything else right yeah. now other than based <laughs> on pictures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one's more based on, and it's gonna be cliche, but Fenway Park, just the whole atmosphere. Yeah, more so than the actual scenery. I mean, obviously the Green Monster is iconic, mm-hmm. and you know the, everything else. But that you know, you just felt like you were at a baseball game and. Even if you're not a fan of the Red Sox, or I mean, even if you're rooting on the other team, it's you know they're the the place is buzzing for the whole nine innings, and it was a cool experience. They, you know, they closed down the street ahead, before the game, and you're just in there with all the other fans, and it's just it's just a good time all around. So uh, that's that's definitely on my list, and you know, I've been to twelve stadiums so far. Okay, uh, I'll add three more this in the next month, so I'll be halfway through. Uh, so maybe I'll come on another time when I've seen some more and, and kind of change my answer. Maybe. Yeah. No. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, I I feel like Fenway Park and Wrigley Field in Chicago are kind of like the default two, uh, oh, just yeah. because like they've been around for, I mean I think a hundred years if not over a hundred years, and they just kind of have that um, classic baseball feel. So I'm definitely with you on that, and I think I am. I'm close in number to you, I think, in number of baseball stadiums, but it's definitely my goal to, to hit all 30. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. Now, obviously, uh, this doesn't get talked about a lot, or in my mind enough, I don't think it is, but um, baseball has a, a different rule uh, in the two leagues, the American League and National League, uh, a DH rule in the AL, uh, where the they have someone hit for the pitcher, but in the NL, the pitcher's hitting for themselves. And so going along with that line, I kind of want to get your opinion on some of the pitchers that do it best. So some of the best hitting pitchers, uh, I guess in the NL because the AL, they don't do it too much, but maybe there is maybe there, maybe there is someone on your list that, that hits really well in the AL, but the best hitting pitcher in the National League. Yeah, so, well, obviously in the AL, there's Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was is a two-way player, so it's a little bit, you know, cheating. But uh, he's obviously the guy that would be number one if he if he was still pitching right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, in the National League, there's a few guys I got to see one up close and still see him pretty often. And with Zach Greinke, mm-hmm. and I mean, coming, he did hit two home runs yesterday, so you know, it's <laughs> an easy answer to pick right now. But uh, he's always been able to, you know, at least put the bat on the ball, give a good at bat. Uh, you know, the be- I think the the easiest thing for you know pitchers is you're not going to hit if a pitcher's really pitching to you, but if you can hit a mistake every once in a while, you mm-hmm. know, pose a threat. I think that's the best thing. And you know, Granky's definitely one of those guys. Same thing with another guy uh, who hit a home run yesterday, Madison Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. He's I I don't think he's a good hitter, but he can punish mistakes and he can hit the ball really far. Uh, and he's done it before. And there's one guy, I can't remember who it is. He actually plays uh, some outfield. Oh, Lorenzen with the Reds. He pitches and he oh, okay. actually plays some outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, he's a really good hitter. Um, I'm trying to think who else is out there. 
I mean, there's a few guys that can can swing the bat, and I'm sure there'll be more as as there's more like two way type players. Uh, I know the guy with the Reds, he's minor leaguer. He just he's actually getting Tommy John, but Hunter Green, he was a two way player kind of coming up, and he kind of had a pick. Uh, but he'll always, you know, you you do lose your hitting, but you're still kind of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I mean, saying all this, I would vote to go DH both leagues though. Uh, just for the fact that I'd, I know, I'd rather see a better hitter every time in the lineup. Yeah, no, I, I feel like that's that's been a topic that's been discussed um, a lot in most recent years because everyone favors offensive production. Um, and, and I can see why, because, I mean, a DH is going to get a, a hit way more times than a pitcher is, uh, and it's just yeah. fact. Like, that's just that's just what it is. But, yeah, no, I think I, I, think I agree. I mean, it's going to lose some of that classic appeal to the sport, but I, I think that is worth it eventually. I think, yeah, I just think the way it's going, the National League, you know, they they go to you know extra pitcher on in the in the staff, and then they take away a hitter, and then they have to pinch hit later in the game every time the pitcher comes up. So uh, I think you know it's a. If you're an NL manager and an AL manager, your life is completely different how mm-hmm. you manage. So uh, I do think eventually it'll be kind of the same way all around. Yeah. No, I, I think so too. I think that's the kind of the path that it's heading down. Uh, but just finishing up here, um, I don't want to just talk just about baseball, but the NBA playoffs are coming up. Um, I mean, there's a lot of debate about end-of-season awards and playoff seeding and playoff predictions. But uh, based off of what you've seen, who are the best? Who are the best two teams basically in each conference? Who are we going to see in the NBA Finals based off of what's happened so far this year? All right. Well, in the West, it's for sure the Warriors. Uh, you know, no matter what happens during the regular season, uh, as long as they have this these, that core, mm. uh, they're going to be you know considered a top team, and you know they they've done it before and. You know, it's hard to win three in a row, so that's what they got going against them. But they did add, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, who's an offensive threat, a little bit of a liability on defense, but, you know, mm-hmm. they can, you can you can get him in there 15, 20 minutes, and he's going to put up 15, 20 points if you need him to. And that's just a threat they've never had before from the center position. So that's a little scary, and especially, you know, they've had some time to integrate them and move them and see what they got. And, you know, even if... You know, Draymond's kind of falling off offensively, but now he doesn't need, he can focus more on defense because he's got a guy like Boogie right there. And, you know, Steph apparently can see now because <laughs> he, wears his con- he wears his contacts, so who knows how that's going to change his game. Uh, so, you know, the West, after that, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, you have a lot of teams like the Blazers who are up there, but they're up there every year. They're a good regular season team, but they've yet to show anything really in the postseason. You know, you've got the Clippers who are in the fourth, fifth, sixth seed general area, and I don't have any confidence in the Clippers in a series. But mm. they make the game. You know, they can make the game ugly, kind of like the the Grizzlies did. Yeah, in the great grind years. So, you know, that's something that can't. You know, you know, you can't really account for when you got guys that can muck up the game like Beverly and them. You know, sh- slowing it down. Uh, the Rockets obviously are another team with Harden and Chris Paul. We should be up there, uh, but I'll, I, even though they've struggled recently, I'm going to take the Thunder. Paul George has been having a ridiculous year. You know, 
Russell Westbrook's motor never stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got good coaching. They've got, you know, Steven Adams is another big who can handle his way. I'll take them. Uh, I don't know, but I don't put too much behind that. But <laughs> I'll, put, I'll take them in the West. Okay. And then in the, in the East, I'm rolling with my boy Giannis. That's my guy. Uh, ever since he came up, I've, I've always liked him. And, you know, it's been cool to see his progression. I know they've lost a few guys in the recent weeks who should be back for the playoffs. Some, uh, you know, Miritich and Gasol and Brogdon, I think all, but Miritich are supposed to come back up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but when you have the best player in the, in that respective league on your team, as we've seen with LeBron the last few years, it, that's, you know, pretty hard to beat. Uh, and, you know, I think he can hold it down. And, after that, I think I'll go with the Sixers. Uh, the Raptors are good. The you know, Celtics have the ability, but I think the Sixers, with Jimmy Butler, who's kind of been chilling the last few months and kind of coming out and showing them what he needs to show them when he, I think he's kind of going to take over a little bit in the playoffs. And with Simmons and Embiid, that's three guys that are pretty hard to stop on offense. And, you know, Embiid and, and Butler and even Simmons are are good on defense so that's a hard core to beat and you know they added Tobias Harris that would give him some you know stretch the floor a little more so mm-hmm. I think they're their team that's gonna surprise or not surprise but I think they're a team that can can hold their own and get to the conference finals but I think the only thing with the Bucks especially is um, you don't know what you're gonna get because it's a lot of youth I mean Giannis is only what 24 or something like that and they, yeah. they've never really made a deep run in the playoffs. I mean, last year they, they got knocked out by the Celtics in a seven-game series. But hopefully they've, you know, with, with Budenholzer, can kind of get them in a situation where they're ready to play and they're ready to win. Because, I mean, I think they are a really exciting team. I mean, I'm a Celtics fan. So for that sake, I hope that the Celtics can figure it out and put something together and hopefully, you know, make a run in the playoffs. But... Yeah, I mean, in, in that sense, you know, the the Sixers, their guys are young. There's a lot of youth in the East, so that's why it's going to be interesting. Cause, mm-hmm. I mean, you don't really know what's going to happen because you don't uh, All these guys have had one playoff series, maybe two playoff series, but nobody's really had, you know, the LeBron's gone, so yeah. nobody's really had consistent uh, runs to the, to the, to the, in the playoffs, other than Kyle Lowry and the Raptors and Kawhi's done it with the Spurs, so that's... yeah. One factor on their side, but mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know. I don't trust Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. Yeah, no. the The Raptors seem to always fall apart. I mean, hopefully, um, you know, Dwayne Casey was the problem, and that's the reason you know why he got fired. But if they don't, if they don't do it this year, I don't. I mean, I don't know if Kawhi's going to stay. Probably, I think he may yeah. eventually end up leaving for the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, that's another big part of the plot line for the playoffs is. If some of these teams lose in the first or second round, there's a lot of free agents that might not stick around if that happens. So mm-hmm. that's a, you know, some of these teams are playing for more than just this postseason. They're kind of playing for their future. Yeah, no, that's true. There's a lot more riding on it than just this season. Well, I think that's just about going to do it. Thank you, Vince, for for coming on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate that. Yeah, you can you can follow officialize on Instagram. Uh, you can follow Vince on Instagram, Vince since ninety one, and also uh, Vince has a podcast. So, uh, do you mind just telling us, giving us a, a quick little uh, taste of what you talk about on the podcast? 
Yeah, so my podcast is pretty niche. It's uh, Dodgers. It's Monday through Friday. It's called Locked On Dodgers. Uh, you can find it on Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Uh, you know, we talk. It's only twenty twenty five minutes. We talk about you know the game the night before and kind of just analysis as the season runs. So if you like the Dodgers, go ahead and give it a listen. If you don't, might not be your thing, but that's cool. Yeah, I know there are a few Dodgers fans that listen to this podcast, so. I know some people will at least appreciate it. But yeah, uh, we've got t-shirts still up for sale on the website. We've got stickers still for sale. Uh, We've got blog posts coming out. You've got the part two of the World Series rankings that are going to be dropping later this week, as as well as a couple NBA and NFL blogs. So stay tuned for that, guys, and thanks for listening.